0: Luke chapter five. Let me let's start there. Luke chapter five. It's where we've been in our series over the last, over the last number of months. But let me ask this question. This is the question that I feel like in my own personal uh, walking with Jesus over the last two or three weeks. I feel like I've been asking this question. Am I stuck? Am I stuck? And I shared on uh, a Thursday night, week ago, as I began to ask that question, I've realized that that some of the, the things that are going on in my mind, some of the things that are going on in me are an indication that, oh man, I think, I think I'm stuck here. <laughs> and I know it's like, I don't know, for, for, all, for all of us it's going to be different. For me, this is what it is for me. Whenever I start comparing myself to other people, I find myself in a place where I'm just stuck. I find myself myself being a bit more critical, a bit more judgmental about people. I become very much aware, oh, Holy Spirit, I'm stuck here. It feels like I'm stuck. There's there's other things. Sometimes I look at my sometimes I look at my my bank balance, and I'll I'll feel like I've to have to do something kind for someone. I've to take someone for lunch, and I'm like, oh, my money's a bit it's a bit low this this month. I don't know if I'm going to do that. And I end up, and I realise I'm in that place where like. I think, I'm thinking it's my money. I'm thinking it's my time. I'm thinking it's like, all of this belongs to me. I hope God knows the favor I'm doing him like by giving some of this away. It's not mine f- to begin with. But I know that when I'm in, when that's when my that's train of thought, I'm, I'm, a, I'm aware that I'm stuck. I'm in a place where are just lost, What Jesus talked about the Nicodemus, the, the Holy Spirit. He's like, like the wind and he'll, he'll, he'll just take you. Just take you wherever he wants to take you and there's times i realize i'm stuck and i and i miss i miss hearing his voice what is it that he's saying where is it that he's working but i've got so bogged down by me i've got so stuck for whatever reason if i can be really honest with you i feel like i've been stuck because of disappointment i feel like the last six months regards physical well-being i feel really disappointed there's times where I fail at borderlines on on just being cross i will work I, don't, I i don 't want to carry this level of disappointment into into what you want for me into what you want to teach me in these moments. I keep asking them i 'm stuck and the language that that that's been used i 've heard it used a couple of times over the last number of weeks. It's this is this word that we so often try to avoid? Repent, and I, f- I almost feel like I, I feel like I, over the last couple of weeks, it's just been a bit of a sigh of relief as I've come before the Lord. I feel like I've I feel like I'm beginning to like to get myself freed from a place of feeling a bit stuck. I think it's to do with this idea of repentance. Found myself repenting for cautious, comfortable, casual Christianity. I found myself repenting for that. And I know that they were at the start of the summer and part of me wants to like get yeah, us let's let's head into the summer with like a sermon series of like like nice easy well-meaning conversations and the good thing about this is a little maybe that this sort of language maybe feels like a bit heavy the result of this I'm convinced is going to be joy the result of of, of beginning to repent for some of this stuff is going to be a a, a new freedom walking in a new freedom that we haven't maybe walked in for a long time because maybe you're like me maybe that maybe there's something in you this morning is like ah, yeah that's you know what that's that's how I feel even in that place of worship this morning, I just feel like I'm stuck. And I would suggest to you that maybe there is a, a repenting needs done. There's just a mindset shift, a complete roundabout turn in your mind. Renew your mind. Repent, that's what it means. It's metanoia. It's a Greek word for a, for a changing of mind. And so for me this morning, I, I almost feel like I publicly want to say it. I publicly want to say it before Jesus. Jesus, I repent of casual, comfortable, cautious Christianity. Jesus, I repent of it. Repent of clinging to the safety of caution, the safety of comfortableness, the safety of casualness. Glad my mum's here. I feel like I can say wrong English and get away with it. Mum's not here. I mean, that's so why I just, I was just almost love to suggest that this morning. Can I, can I invite you to over these, over this, these summer months, over today? Like, do you feel like there's a repenting that needs to take place for, for cautious, cautious Christianity? We sang about the cross, and I just think like that's fueled some of my just these ramblings, that the cross is fueled at this morning. The thought of living safety, the thought of living a life of caution when I consider the cross of Jesus, when I consider what he's done, when I consider the affection that he has for us. I think I felt it particularly for Ian today, but I, like I'm aware of it for us all. Incredible affection, incredible level of being championed and cheered on. And so the cross has invited us into following the radical way of Jesus. The way of Jesus is radical a radical way of living. It's dying to yourself. It's laying everything down for the sake of pursuing him. We're being stirred up with a white hot, hot love for Jesus to go and knock the doors of the estate that you don't want to in Calvin. White hot love for Jesus that's gonna cause me to die to myself. It's gonna cause me to die to that that caution, that cautious spirit which is my default. And so Luke chapter five, this is where we this is where we've been in the, in our series recently. Um it's time for us to put out into the deep. But let me read these few verses. One day, Jesus, as, one day as Jesus was standing by the lake with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put it out a little from the shore. And then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. But when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch Simon answered we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything but because you've said so because you say so I will do it and when they had done so they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break and so they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them and they came and they filled both boats so full that they began to sink As I've went back over, as I've revisited that story again this week, maybe part of me thinks in the series that we went to, maybe we just like went straight, we went straight out into the deep. But but Jesus went to the guys. He went to them at the water's edge, and I feel like that's where he's been with me. I think I feel like that's where Jesus has been with me over the last over the last week or so. Because the water's edge is where I am most comfortable. Because the water's edge is a place of real safety. The water's edge is a place of like extreme caution. Again, like I, we we were we go down to down to Slaga with the Garland families, and they have the swimsuits on, and they are in to the deep straight away. Like I will stand at the water's edge for an hour, tiptoeing my way. No, I'm not doing it. no. And like caution, that's me. I'm just at the water's edge. That's where it's comfortable. That's where it's safe. That's where I can remain cool and casual and not be squealing, losing wedding rings, all of that. The water's edge is where I'm at. And in much the same way, the physical, I think there's times where over the last wee while, I think I found myself on the water's edge just in in walking with jesus and what i love about jesus is that there's been times that i've been in this cycle of realizing that i'm at the water's edge and feeling guilty that i'm not out into the deep i'm thinking that jesus is waiting to meet me out in the deep but actually jesus is he comes to the water's edge and actually there's no guilt for me in those moments there's no guilt or there's no condemnation because jesus comes at the, on the water's edge and he'll meet me where I'm at. He'll meet me in that place where my default is safety, it's cautiousness, and he'll come along at the water's edge and get me in, he'll get into my boat, get into the boat, and he'll just push it out a little, a little bit, and he'll begin to teach, begin to share some stuff, begin to remind me of why he's came, begin to remind me that the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor and nail the same the same authority that has we've sang about. The same authority that has been given to Jesus. He's now entrusting to us. He's entrusting it to us. He's entrusting it to us. He's given you authority, Pavel. Jesus has given you authority. He's given us authority. And he reminds us of that. And he he reminds me of that while sitting in the boat. And then... And now, come on, let's go. You know my heart well enough now. You know who you are well enough now to make your way out into the deep. This there's a part of me almost feels like, I'm going to say sorry this morning if I pushed us out into the deep too quick. <laughs> Feeling like Jesus won't meet us at the water's edge because he's sure as sure will. He'll meet us at the water's edge. and He'll push it out a little bit. And all along he's reminding us of who he is and he's reminding you of who you are. And I love those words that we've been singing this morning. Now I can finally see it, it and stir in my heart as we say it. Now I can finally see it. You're teaching me how to receive it. Let all the striving cease. Jesus, this is, this is my victory. I am who you say I am. You crown me with confidence. I am seated in the heavenly places, undefeated with the one who has conquered it all. And again, I find myself relating to this story. And Alan's touched on it already as he spoke over Robert and Lois, but I feel like we can spend so much time being disappointed, being disappointed because some things aren't working out the way that you thought they might. The timetable didn't work out the way that you thought the timetable was going to work out personally with, with church life, with ministry, with all of that. You can, because that's, that's what these guys were doing. These guys had made their way out after fishing all night and had caught nothing. This was their livelihood. This was like, this was, they so desperately needed this for themselves, for their families, this is all they knew, this is all they had, and they came back in from a night of huge disappointment. And they were there washing, washing the nets, and as Alan said, a vital job, really important job. And again, Jesus came to them at the water's edge. While they were there in place of huge disappointment, washing their nets, cleaning their nets, getting the nets ready again. So let me read, I'm, I'm just so aware of time, let me read Ephesians chapter 4. And I just want to talk about, talk about three or four things that I'd love us to consider and I'd love us to pick up on, um, I think, next week. And, as, and maybe we'll just come back come back here a few times over, over the summer. But if Ephesians chapter 4, verse 19 says, Having lost all sensitivity, in other words, having become so calloused, calloused Having lost all feeling, they have given themselves over to sensuality. They're going to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. But you did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new, in the attitude of your minds. And listen to this. And to put on the new self, listen to what Paul says. Created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So putting on a new self does, that's what the that's what the cross and the resurrection of Jesus is is meaning for us. It means that we now put on the new self. We were not created to live. We, were not, we did not t- hear or learn that way from Jesus to become insensitive, to become dull, to lose our sense of compassion. And when we're stuck, I feel, when we're stuck, that is one of the things that begins to happen. When we're a place of feeling stuck, we, we begin to lose sensitivity, I think, as Paul says here in Ephesians chapter four. We begin to lose a sense of sensitivity. And as I read through the Gospels of Jesus, it is beautiful to watch him. Stunning to watch Jesus. And, it, and we come to Luke chapter seven where, where, the, where this, this woman who's already lost her husband has now lost her only boy. And her, 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 the funeral cortege is making its way out of the city and Jesus sees this and his heart went out to her. The language, so caught by that language, Jesus, his heart went out to her. And once you see that there, you just begin to see, you just then begin to see it everywhere. How how he was moved with compassion. How he was moved with compassion. At the place where he met with at the place where he stood at the grave of Lazarus, he began to weep. He never lost any of his sensitivity. Never got stuck. This is the way. This is the way that we were to walk in. This way of Jesus, this is the way that we've come to know that's been revealed to us, that we would put on the new self created to be like him in righteousness and holiness. He was moved with compassion. And what I am struck by, I was um, flicking through some videos on social media uh, yesterday. And I think some of, I'm sure many of you in the room are familiar with them, these videos that begin to become viral, these random acts of kindness where somebody is just like out of the blue, out of nowhere, not knowing the person, not knowing anything about them, just pays for their meal and and, and slips and slips out. All all of these types of things, these random acts of kindness, and I think that whenever we become free, whenever we loose ourselves from a place of being stuck, those random acts of kindness, those acts of kindness. Uh, just begin to become normal, I think, for us, because as we reflect the heart of Jesus, He is He is kind, and Paul Paul picked that up, and it was Romans two, wasn't it, where Paul said it's it's His kindness that leads to repentance. And so, so I'm at I'm at that place now where I'm like, God, I think I've I think I've tried to win people with an argument, I think I've tried to win them with a debate, but actually, it's kindness that's going to cause people to turn. It's kindness that's going to cause people to have a a, a, sh- a shift in their mindset. And I think that's so that's one of the places for me that I'm like, God, am I stuck? Am I in a place where I consider my neighbors, as I consider people that I engage with in these types of conversations? Is my am I entering into this to win an argument, or am I entering into this to win a debate? And if that's my motivation for entering into it, I'm I'm aware, I'm like, oh Jesus, I'm stuck here. This is not the way of life that I learned from you, as Paul says in Ephesians 4. I didn't learn this from you. This is not something I picked up from watching you because it's kindness, it's your kindness that leads to repentance. It's your mercy, it's your extravagant extravagant kindness and grace and generosity that leads people closer, that causes people to come a bit nearer, to listen, what's going on. It causes them to step in a wee bit closer. Whereas to try and win an argument, you're causing them to step back further and further away, and so that's that's a challenge for me and i and and I'm offering it to you How's your levels of of kindness i we speak often about about religion and the harm that religion can have on our on our understanding of who God is things that we feel like we have to do like we've been to the cross today. It's nothing in us, no ability of our own that would, that would cause him uh, to, to speak the things that he speaks over us. There's nothing in us. None of our own abilities, nothing that we have done. But the thing about religion is that it's really safe. I'm increasingly finding that religion is really safe because it, 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 everything's black and white. We love it, everything to be black and white. And so often that's, that's not the case. Because in that place where, it's, where religion keeps us stuck and it keeps us safe, where everything is black and white, it's almost we take on the posture that Peter did when the Holy Spirit came to reveal himself in a trance. And Peter said, no, this can't be of you. Peter's, Peter's thing was that if the Holy Spirit is going to do something, it must conform to my understanding. It must have conformed to what I already know. It must conform to all that I've already experienced or all that I've already learned. And the Holy Spirit says, that's not the way this is going to work, Peter. That's why I'm, I'm, God, I want to be stuck from that. I want to be unstuck from that. I want to be freed from that. From that sort of, like, unconscious at times, that sort of subtle mindset that you must conform. If you're going to do a new thing amongst the new people in a new way, then, like... Do you want to prep me about that beforehand? Like, <laughs> no, I'm just going to come like a wind. Blow where I want. Do what I want. And we're, but he's so kind. He lets us catch up. He still invites us to come. But often it's religion that keeps us, us stuck. It's religion that keeps us in that place of safety. It's religion that keeps us on the water's edge. Jesus, I repent of cautious casual, comfortable Christianity. Jesus, I repent of it. I think lack of understanding, lack of understanding about how he feels about us. We were away for a couple of days and, and whenever you get away for those, a bit of time, far enough away feeling like you can just like be on your own for a bit. It's like, Father, what is it that you want to say to me? What is it that you just want to to do in me and reveal to me in this time and, and it was over and over again I felt like he, he was bringing me nowhere else bar First John 3 verse 1 and I went there and I was like God I already know that I already know I've read it a hundred times I already know how deep the love your love is for me how deep the Father's love for you that you will be called the children of God how deep the Father's love that He has lavished on us that we will be called children of God because that is what we are. And what we what we what we are has not yet been fully made known, but there's a day coming when we, we will see him and we will be like him because we will see him as he is. And I Jesus already got that. I already know that. Father, what is it that you want to say to me this morning? How deep the Father's love. He's lavished on you that you'll be called a ch- child of God. That is what you are. Got it. After, seriously, three or four times, I found myself going again. And in that moment, I, I was aware, and it was, it was put well by Jason Shields. Jason said that we, we often know our identity, but often we don't fail to experience that identity. And there's just a moment for me that I was, over the last couple of days, that I just felt like he, no matter what, even in my place of disappointment or my place of caution, my place of casualness, being comfortable, he has not changed his mind about me. He's not changed his mind about me. And sometimes we think that's, sometimes we think we come to these sort of like prophetic things and people say, Father loves you. Like I know, like he's confident. I know that he knows that the father loves him. There's sometimes that's like, well, what else? <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh God, forgive me. How deep the love I have for you, Neil. Okay, what else? My goodness, forgive me, Lord. How deep the love that He has for you, each one of you, that that you would be called a child of God, that is what you are. And I know that I am stuck if the thought of that does not cause me to rejoice. If the thought of that does not cause me to stand up in the morning and say, thank you, Jesus, then I know I'll become stuck. The lack of understanding or even just remembering. The failure to remember how he feels about me how he feels about you. And we can become so, we can become stuck because we can become so reliant on our programs. And I'm mentioning this because um, I said to Andrew Gribben when I walked in, and I feel like it's one of those busy weeks, and then Judith's been working the last two days, and I thought to myself, I will, this morning I'm going to do the best preparation I've ever done before. And, uh, and then Judith was unwell, and forgive me for the details but Jada walked into the bathroom and vomited everywhere all over the floor and Andrew was whenever I told that to Andrew he didn't feel sorry for me It's like I was looking for some sympathy like I am the biggest I, am the, I throw the biggest pity parties and Andrew just was not attending it and uh, he's like well, maybe that's what the Lord was doing just to remind you that he said it flippantly but it sort of, it sort of caught me a bit I think it stung a wee bit I haven't looked at them all morning we become so reliant on our programs, we become stuck because that's what we become reliant on I become reliant on the fact that I have a page three or four pages full of notes here on a Sunday morning, I can cling to that at the water's edge, it's really safe here at the water's edge with my four pages of notes I don't think I've touched in hardly a note this morning it feels good I'm sort of looking in the room hoping that somebody will acknowledge, please, I'll take one nod. I'm not asking for much. I see that nod and I take that nod. (laughs) We come so stuck. It's like, sat down and thought, God was like, was Jada prophetically puking this morning? And then actually after that, if you want to come to the pity party, like I'm, I'm starting to throw the pity party wide open again. I realised in that moment, when Judith was sick, that none of my kids have ever thrown up whenever Judith has been at work. Because I went down to clean it up. And I have been, Dad phoned me, I was on the phone to Dad, and I was gagging the whole way through the phone call. I hope, I hope by this story, this is ridiculous, I hope by this story, everything else hasn't been forgotten. He has not changed his mind. And there's one last thing. There's Oh man, I feel like there's so much more. We get stuck because we've lost our wonder. We get stuck whenever what we've sang about today no longer feels too good to be true. That's what the gospel is. News that is too good to be true. And you can be guaranteed that you are stuck and you need Holy Spirit to come and set you free. Whenever this, when you've lost the wonder of what we sang about today. And I'm not, like, don't ever hear from the front us saying that, that, like, that has to look like your hands in the air. It has to look like you're weeping, but it has to do something. It has to be doing something in you. you cannot have lost a wonder. And I know that some of us are coming today with a level of, with a level of pain, with a level of disappointment. And I don't want to just take away from that or dismiss that. But this is always good news. This will never stop being too good to be true news. And so we, well, we want to reawaken a sense of, of wonder. And then I get stuck because I am aware there's times where I can be offended by how merciful and gracious and kind he is. Times that I hate feeling like I'm a wee bit like Jonah. You are what? You're gonna bring repentance to these people. I've been asking myself that question: who are my Ninevites? Who are my Ninevites? Who are the people that I'm saying to God, God, are you like, are you sure? Are you sure you're gonna come with a like a baptism of mercy and grace over these people? And there's times I feel like I'm a way off huffing like Jonah because he's so kind, he's so good. And I want that to be said about me. Do you know what? I thought that this morning. I want that to be said about me now. I want people to look in at my life and almost be so offended because you're being so kind and you're being so merciful. Do you know what they've done? Do you know who they are? Do you know how far they are from Jesus? I don't want to do it on purpose. I almost want to offend people because that's what Jesus did, he offended them. So you're a glutton, you're a drunkard. He offended them by being so close to to the place of showing mercy and kindness The people, the woman at the well, the woman caught in adultery, all of that. See, the father's just been the same from the beginning. Always showing mercy, always showing kindness. Ian, guys, I'm done. Uh, Will you stand? Stand with me. We'll get one more song before these guys have to go. Father, I thank you for uh, thank you for these moments that I've been able to have today. God, I know I say this often, but <laughs> I really mean it this morning. I, anything that's just been my rambling, God, I pray that it's it's forgotten about. But I just Holy Spirit, I'm praying if there's anything that is that is off you that is just that is just catching us. Lord, it's just resonating within our hearts right now. Holy Spirit, will you come and do a work? Would you come and do a deep work? I suppose no matter where it is, it, it, it's going to have to start in this place of understanding how deeply we're loved. So more than anything. Would you would, you, would you cause us to be unstuck from the from the thoughts that maybe we're not? You cause us to pull away from the thoughts of maybe because of how we've lived this week. That just like we've seen with the Daisy Chain the days of the flower today he loves me not but i performed well enough tomorrow that he loves me so God I just pray you would break it in that in people God I pray you would loose us from that place where we are stuck because we fail to remember what you think about us what you say over us now, forgive me God that I know that you've never Changed your mind about me, and I forgive me for how there's times so I've changed my mind about you. And so God, I just pray for this season that we're that we're gonna come into, God, the physical, I suppose, the summer season. God, I just pray you begin to shine a light into those areas, God, where we're stuck. God, I'm aware that we don't get much sun around here, but God, I almost want to prophetically say, I almost want to prophetically pray that. God, you would melt away those things that, that have that have that we become that have caused us to become stuck. Those places have become like really hard. If you're really hard in those places where we've become stuck and safe and cautious. God I pray that there would be a rising and your light would shine. And it would melt away those things that have become really hard. And so we thank you. Bless each person that goes from this place today. Whether it's to Latvia or whether it's to Zambia. Or whether it's to Lurgan or whether it's to McDonald's. Whether it's to the factory. Whether it's to the counselling offices. Holy Spirit, what would it look like? What would it look like if we lived fully understanding who we are? What would it look like if we fully walked into all that you have for us? This wasn't just a—they just weren't nice things that you said to put up on our fridges. You truly want us to walk in the more than we can never ask dream or imagine according to the power at work within us according to the to the same power that raised jesus from the dead alive in us and forgive us how we step back forgive us for how we've retreated forgive us how we've remained at the water's edge but god i thank you that you come and you meet us there you step into the boat with us and then you just gently lead us to the place where it's really deep and then through your nets there through your nets there because that's where there's the fruit. That's where you're going to catch all I have for you. Thank you, Jesus.